Good morning, folks. Top of the morning to ya. Up at the crack of dawn, 2.54 in the a.m. on this magnificent July 30th in the year of our Lord, 2020. It's your old chuckle buddy, Jonathan James Ramcharan. Welcome and bienvenue to Jonathan Ramcharan, the podcast. So I'm coming out of a building the other day. I'm in deep thought. Got my headphones on, listening to Soul Brother Number One, James Brown. Static. No, static. Static. Don't start nothing. Won't beat nothing. I was born in New York City on a Monday. Seems by Tuesday noon I was shining shoes. You know? Soul Brother Number One in Queens. Soul Brother Number One in Manhattan, Staten Island. Soul Number Brother Number One. You know? James Brown. Popcorn. Some like I'm fat. Some like I'm tall. Some like I'm short. Skinny legs and all. Me, I like I'm boss. I like I'm proud. And when she walk, you know what you gotta have for me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Popcorn. <laughs> look at here. <clears throat> look at here. So I'm coming out of this fucking building. I'm listening to my James Brown soul brother number one. Pandemic. I'm not paying attention to anybody. Get the fuck away from me. You know, no patience. (laughs) So as I'm coming out of this building, I'm kind of in deep thought. And I spot this fucking, um, you know, virus, this fucking peasant, you know, a fellow human being. I spot a fellow human being being in the time of pandemic. He's coming into the building. You know, he's got those bulging eyes, you know, he's got his mask on. Fucking eyes popping out from behind his mask. Oh my god, buddy, take a break, right? Take it easy. And he's got like a stack of fucking pizzas. He's carrying a stack of pizzas. He had to had he've had he had to had like six large pizzas, just a stack of them in his hand. And two bottles of fucking Diet Coke. Well, I think it was one Coca-Cola and then one Diet Coke, you know, for variety. But like, I'm looking at this guy, I'm like, what kind of a fucking doorknob fucking has a pizza party in the middle of a pandemic. What kind of sad pizza party is that? You know? Isn't that the part isn't that like the partial joy of a pizza party is just is to just like gorge and gobble amongst your fucking fat slovenly uh you know friends and family members? Fucking shoveling back fucking meat lovers, you know, ham and pineapple, you know, veggie deluxe. Just slopping back the fucking cheese and batter and marinara. Right? So I'm just like looking at this bozo. I'm like, fucking pizza party in a pandemic? That's odd. And I got my fucking soul brother number one going, right? You know? And then like, you know, I'm just kind of criticizing him in my head. And then then it hit me. You know, like I felt a calling. I thought I felt like a calling to my to my fellow human being, right? I felt something because it's like there's more to this situation. I, I just felt drawn to take a second look. I'm like, oh, yeah. And, you know, I turned to the guy, right? Because at this point, he's fumbling for the door. He had to put down his stack of pizza. He's fumbling for the door. And it's this big, awkward situation. I'm like, 
sorry, bro, like, I would have grabbed the door for you, you know, but I just kind of forgot, and, you know, pandemic and all, like, you know, I'm sorry, I was just a little absent-minded. You know, I felt bad. He had to set down the, st- the stack of pizzas, the fucking Diet Coke, the Coca-Cola. You know, he had to set it all down. And then he goes, <clears throat> yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks, man. You know, I was like, wow, this asshole actually thought I owed him something. You know, <clears throat> yeah, thanks. Oh, okay, thanks. Wow, he actually thought I owed him something. I don't owe you a fucking... Escort into a building During a pandemic I don't have to hold the door for you Wow He actually thought I owed him something Right I was like what a Water for duck's ass But you know I was still trying to follow that calling Like I felt called to the man I, You know like I just Something drew my attention But then it hit me Oh I know what it is Pedophile Pedophile You know like Pizzagate, you know, Pizzagate, wealthy fucking business people going to an island, you know, a Jeffrey Epstein type island to fuck children, underage children, you know, and there was that whole like, you know, subversive like uh, Pizzagate scandal that people were talking about on the internet. That's when it hit me. He's having a pandemic pedophile pizza party. Pedophile, pedophile. (laughs) Hi, hell, I don't know. If you're new to the show, Jonathan... Ramcher and the podcast. This is a show where I bitch, whine, squawk, cabelliake, and kibitz about myself in order to relate to y'all self, y'all the dear listener, y'all the dear viewer, shared experiences, kindred souls, BFFs forever. It's fucking three o'clock in the morning. Look at the bags under them eyes, boy. Look at the bags under them eyes, boy. You know, I also speak about like current events, you know, the times of our times. You know, the the day in, day out shit living in like the world, most notably now, 2020 pandemic. You know, if you have any questions or queries or qualms, please do hit me up, jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. Or you can hit me up on my website, jonathan-ramcharan.com. I'm on iTunes, I'm on Spotify, I'm on YouTube. Help my black ass out for crying out loud. Share me with a friend, you know. Sharing's caring. And if you are new to the show, I am an actor extraordinaire. 19 years of a service. Diploma in theater arts. That's been to the bone, ladies and gentlemen, and damn proud of it. You know, celebrity. I've been thinking about celebrity lately. <sighs> celebrity is... um. It's a very poignant, effective part of a career. There are celebrity business persons. There are celebrity uh, clergymen. Like, for example, the Pope, he's a celebrity. You know, the Dalai Lama, he's a celebrity. You know, um, there are celebrity chefs, celebrity politicians, celebrity uh, celebrities, People famous for being famous, celebrity celebrities, celebrity, you know, artists. So it is is an effective byproduct in a career. And it's no different as a thespian extraordinaire, you know. 
I remember one time uh, <laughs> back in uh, circa 2004, I was a youngin, you know, I think I was just coming out of high school or something, 18, 17, pardon moi, so, you know, I'm coming out of high school, and there's a Canadian rapper, Chaos, he had an album that came out around that time, Joyful Rebellion, it had a lot of singles on it, a lot of hits, uh, Crabs in the Bucket, B-Boy Stance, uh, Dirty Water, couple leathers, you know, it was a dope album, I liked it, right, and it was getting a lot of love, now Chaos, you know, K-O-S, uh, Chaos, the rapper, he had a very eclectic style, you know, a lot of bright colors, a lot of flagrancy, you know, a lot of, I don't know, it was kind of like the era of Ed Hardy and, you know, Andre 3000. <laughs> so everything was very kind of colorful and kind of, you know, flagrant, so to speak, right? And, um, you know, I was feeling it. I had like, you know, I'd, I'd wear like, uh, you know, shirts with wacky designs on them, a lot of fetching attire and it turned out i had bought this knockoff uh burberry raincoat you know burberry i think it's like a british name brand thank you my liege give me that burberry burberry fucking knapsack i had had like this knockoff burberry raincoat (laughs) it was like plaid beige black, red, and white, like a beige, black, red, and white knockoff Burberry fucking raincoat that I bought from a Chinese haberdashery when I was on tour as an actor doing like these shitty fucking regional plays, you know, I bought this fucking knockoff Burberry raincoat, you know, when I was out on tour in Vancouver as an actor. And, um, you know, it was kind of funny. And I guess, in a sense, it was kind of like a real loud kind of article of clothing. So one night, me and the fellas were at the bar and we were drinking. This is back in my drinking days. And they're like, yeah, you, you look like Chaos, sort of. The rapper. I don't know. To this day, I don't even know. But he was just popular at the time. He's a black man. I'm a black man. So I'm like, yeah, sure, let's go with it. So then we start saying to the bar, everybody, everybody in the bar, your attention, please. Oh, my God, it's chaos. Right? And I was like sitting there, right? I was like, yeah, what's up, y'all? I got the crabs in the bucket. Boom, 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 boom. Try to get down, but I'm moving up. Try to get down, but I'm moving up. Try to get down, but I'm moving up. Ah, I got the crabs in the bucket. That was like another one of his like singles. And the fucking brightness in the eyes of these drunken buffoons. Oh my god. Oh my god, it's chaos. It's chaos. You know, it was literally chaos. Everybody's like pulling out their little like flip uh little flip camera foams, if you remember that, like the Motorella Mozzarella, the Motorola Motorola Razor and all those like LG flip phones. So everybody's pulling out their flip phones and taking these fucking pixelated pictures. Oh my god, it's chaos. 
And, you know, I do like Chaos, uh, the rapper. He's actually quite dope. Do check out that guy. Check out his album, uh, Joyful Rebellion. That was a good album. That's the one that was very popular at that time. But it's just funny, like, the sense of power in celebrity, like, the way their eyes lit up. It was like my own first counterfeit uh, run-in with fame, my first brush with fame, you know? <laughs> Impersonating a Canadian rapper. <laughs> And then, like, uh, you know, another time that stands out in my memory, um, again, back in my drinking days, you know, there was this uh, liquor store in my neighborhood, and I used to go there every day. <laughs> then one day, the lady, she's like, oh, my God, the, the lady working the till, she goes, oh, my God, now I know who you are. You're the guy from that Rogers commercial. I was like, what? You know, I had just like come in from smoking a cigarette, right? You know, I was just like, like flicked the cigarette as I was walking through the door. What the fuck are you talking about? She's like, you're the guy from the Rogers commercial. I was like, what are you fucking, what? No, I'm not, I wasn't in no Rogers commercial. What the hell are you squawking about? She's like, yeah, you're the guy from the Rogers commercial. I was like, no, I'm not the guy from the Rogers commercial. I, no. And she's like, oh, well. Well, you look just like him. She was like a sycophant. So I'm like, a commercial? She's giddy and excited and wet in the fucking panty liner for a fucking chump from a commercial? So I go and I look up this commercial on YouTube. It's like this stupid fucking cellular phone commercial. It was like a 15-second commercial. It, was, it wasn't even like a real broad uh, network commercial it was kind of like a you know those little fucking 15 second clip youtube commercials and i was like wow is that the strength of celebrity oh my god i saw you in a youtube commercial <sighs> right <laughs> and uh you know it got me thinking celebrity you know it, it it's a double-edged sword you know as I mentioned, in many careers, it's a blessing, but it can also be a curse. And, um, you know, I remember, as I mentioned, I am an alcoholic. And I have a sponsor. I had a sponsor. <laughs> I know. Bad boy, you should get a sponsor. But like basically in 12-step recovery, you have a sponsor. And what a sponsor is, is like um, basically like a mentor for the young alcoholic. And, you know, your sponsor is like a mentor, mentor-pupil situation. You're the pupil. And they kind of guide you in your journey into sobriety, you know, talking about it, information, you know. A shoulder to cry on. So I was talking to my sponsor. This was like early in my recovery. I am three plus years sober today. But this was early in my recovery. Talking to my sponsor. He goes, yeah, so like, John, what's going on with you? How you how you been? And I'm like, yo, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. You know, I'm, I'm happy. You know, I've been working on my acting career. Trying to get that back in order. Trying to get that back on the mend. You know, a lot of positive things. But... It's a day-by-day -day process, no sweat. And in my day-to-day -day life, my personal life, uh, you know, I find myself losing patience 
losing patience with people more than I usually do, like the typical restless, irritable, and discontent feeling of alcoholism. You know, I'm just, people are, you know, I just feel like people impose too much. And I'm just, I'm really feeling detached from people. And, you know, my sponsor goes, you know, it's kind of ironic. Like, <laughs> you know, as we talk, I know that your career is very important to you and you're, you're working hard at it. But what would happen if you did become successful? What would happen if you did become famous, a celebrity? And you got all these people coming up on you, hounding you for pictures, hounding you for autographs. Oh my God, it's Jonathan Ramtram. I'm Jonathan Ramtram, the podcast. Sign my fucking yearbook. Oh my God, Chuckles, I love you. You know, these fucking out of their mind teenagers clamoring for my fucking autograph, you know, banging on my door, you know. So these kids put my address on the internet, you know, so it ends up on the internet again. So then I do an interview with Spin telling them if they come to my crib, I'm going to put a gun in their ribs. You know, like, you know, fucking stalker fans, sycophant fucking weirdos, you know, like what would happen? And I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) I never thought about that, you know. And, you know, of course, you know, um, I'm more of a man today than I was (laughs) fresh into recovery, you know. Straight off of a fucking three-year bender, you know, smoking a cigarette on the curb, talking to my fucking sponsor. (sighs) Fuck fame, you fucking dummy. Give me another drink. (sighs) It's easy not to care about something you don't have. But, um, you know, celebrity. It is a very interesting byproduct of success. And um, going forward in my career, uh, humility. I don't see my myself ever having that sort of a problem. I don't hold myself that way. I think you have to be able to, uh, I don't know, check your ego. And, uh, you know, hold some kind of personal accountability and reality to a situation. But, you know, easier said than done, you know. Um, Obviously, that's a whole other experience. But suffice to say, um, as an actor, celebrity can be a double-edged sword. You know, it can make your career or it can break your career, right? So there you have it, folks. Jonathan Ramcharan, actor extraordinaire. I am also a stand-up comedian. Yes, I am. Yes, indeedy. Uh, 11 plus years of service. Now again, celebrity. Celebrity plays a vital role in the career of a stand-up comic. Um, word of mouth, reputation, very important for a comic. And where that is relatable to celebrity is, okay, maybe you don't have to be such a celebrity as a comic to be successful, but you do need like 
the parallels of celebrity, notoriety, word of mouth, recommendation, reputation, you know, like those are somewhat synonymous, somewhat parallel with celebrity. You know, you need a vouch, you need a voucher, right? So, um, you know, for example, like you might hear this sometimes, stand-up comedy is, um, it's one of the most poignant, needed, honest talents out there. You're like one of the most beautiful of the performing arts out there. The honesty, the intellect, the poignancy, the humor, the delivery, the feeling, you know, the meaning. It, it means a lot, you know, fill in the blank, whoever your favorite comedian is. Is it me? Oh my God, you guys are too much. But like, uh, whoever your favorite comedian is, it like, it's meaningful, right? So on one hand, there has, there's this meaning with stand-up comedy, but on the other hand, it's not really respected like other forms of art. For example, if you're walking down the street and if you see somebody playing a guitar, you hear them playing guitar, you just assume they play guitar, and you, 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 you respect it for like, okay, they play guitar, they know something I don't. You might enjoy it, you might not, but at least you respect the fact that they play guitar. Same thing with a lot of other art forms, you know. Somebody can be an unknown artist, you know, not a pot to piss in, you know, not a dollar to lend. And yet, if they paint a painting, somebody can immediately look at that and go, oh yeah, that's art, oh yeah, that's beautiful, or yeah. Oh, wow, I see what you did. You painted a picture. I can't paint a picture. And that's what you did. You painted a picture. Oh, wow, I understand that. Wow, you're an artist. Same thing with like a dancer. You see somebody do a dance. Okay, well, she's dancing. I don't know how to dance. So um, she's a dancer. Yeah, she's a good dancer. Comedy? What's that fucking dummy doing? What, he's just talking? I can do that. And of course I can do that. Yeah, that ain't nothing. <laughs> it's not really respected like a lot of a lot of other arts. It's just like assumed that everybody can do it. Yet the number one fucking fear amongst people is fear of public speaking. Oh, I can't speak in public. Ah, you know, people would go to a gangbang, you know, ah, yeah, I'm going to fuck every bitch in this room. I'm going to fuck every man in this room. Ah, it's a gangbang, baby, gangbang. Okay, but before the gangbang begins, let's all go around in a circle, jerk. We'll go around in a circle, jerk, and introduce ourselves to the gangbang. <gasps> oh no, I'm scared. I can't introduce myself at a gangbang. I can't public speak at a gangbang. Ah, you know, people could be rip roaring, raring to go at a gangbang for fucking crying out loud. You know, but get cold feet about, you know, giving a quick bio. Hi, I'm Ted. I, uh, you know, I, uh, have a job. I have a credit card. I have, um, you know, toilet paper in my bathroom. <laughs> I'm Ted. Oh my God, I can't do that in public. You know, people's fear of fucking public speaking. Yet comedy. Anybody can do it. <laughs> 
So that's where, you know, that sense of celebrity comes into play. That sense of notoriety, recommendation, word of mouth, reputation. That's where that's in, that's vital for a comic because that's like the uh, the uh, the voucher, the tenor uh, that you're traded on. You know, that's the uh, you know it's like you know to go back to the comp to go back to the busker street musician. You know, you see a musician on the street, you might stop and listen, throw a couple bucks. You see a comedian on the street, you're like, what's this weirdo doing just talking in public? No, huh? Like nobody really wants to hear an unknown comedian, generally speaking. This is a generality, like my opinion, and it's a generality. Nobody really wants to hear a unheard of comedian. It's like you have to stop and listen. You have to take in the information. You have to listen and process what they're doing. It's not very immediate, the talent, like other talents, right? So that's where the, the, the value, the value of like reputation, word of mouth, celebrity, that's where the value is for a comedian. And, um, you know, you know, the great thing about comedians, though, is they cut through that vapid, vain, uh, empty shallowness of, you know, fame or celebrity and they um you know they're known for their truth honesty and uniqueness so that's another flip side of the comedian you know it's like a love-hate relationship and i think that's really the relationship of celebrity when it comes down to it to any career right it's like a love and hate relationship you know can't live them can't live without them like me on facebook so there you have it folks jonathan ramtran stand-up comedian yeah, that's what's going on with me right now in my world. Actor, stand-up comedian. So, welcome to the show. Yeah. Celebrity. You might catch the hint that um, today's episode is about celebrity. You know, celebrity. Um... During this whole pandemic, this situation, we're seeing um, the holes, all the holes of our society, holes in government, holes in, you know, the health sector, Medicare, like where we need help, where we need funding, you know, like, obviously, during this time of pandemic, our healthcare professionals, they're doing a great job, but we're seeing where we're lacking as a society in terms of resources, in terms of the importance, perhaps, that we could lend to the healthcare industry. We're seeing a lot of gaps in um, just logic, reason, reality, you know, across industry, healthcare, politics, um, essential workers, um, you know, entertainment, you know. So, construction, anything, right? Education. We're seeing these gaps. And celebrity is like... Celebrity, the place, the meaning, the structure, the importance. We're also seeing that. Like, case in point, like some of these corny cornball... I mean, do you remember the uh, Imagine video? 
I did a little like coverage of that, like, I don't know, a couple months ago, bunch of celebrities making these like, what are they called? Public surf, public service announcements, PSA, like, you know, stop racism. Imagine all the people, blah, blah, blah. And people are like, what are you talking about? We're, 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 we're in a pandemic. Can't your vanity, can't your egotistical fucking camera whore, fucking hungry, inflated sense of self, you narcissistic hack, can't you just let it rest while the world grapples to find a handle, gain a handle on this fucking pandemic? No, we're going to release vapid, vain self-inflating, you know, videos to uplift our fans, (laughs) you know, it's corny, right, but then again, the joy, the joy, you know, if you're a fan of, you know, if you're a fan of someone's, you know, you, you love their music, you love them as an actor, as a comedian, And they put out something, no matter how, whatever, but the intention is to be uplifting. Wouldn't you appreciate it? You know, if you're truly a fan? And, you know, that's the flip side of it. Because, you know, with all this negativity amongst, against celebrities lately, the flip side of it is like the joy. They bring joy. Like, one common theme that I've come across, um, I have a couple notes that I want to talk about on this episode, but as as you go through, you know, celebrity files and you see pictures of them, you know, they're shaking hands with the public, they're signing autographs, a common thread you'll see, a common thread you'll see is the absolute joy on the faces of the fans. Their work means something to people and it uplifts their spirits. It entertains them. It makes their life that more um, valuable. That, no, it makes their life that more, um, it gives an extra layer of joy to a person's life when they enjoy someone's work, someone's entertainment. It's another, you know, it's, it's, it's it's another win for life, right? You find a new band you like. Oh, wow, that's another win. You find another movie you like. Another win. It makes your life better, right? And the pure joy on the faces of these fans, man, like, seriously. <laughs> and you know, just, just elated, smiling. So, you know, before I get into this, I have some cases of celebrity that's kind of popular in the news right now. Uh, the people that I'm going to speak about today... I respect all of them. I respect all of them. I respect their hustle. And um, it's just strange what celebrity can do and the value in which we hold it in society and what it does to the celebrity to become famous. It's a very strange thing that I don't know about. But yet a common thread that we're seeing is like complete meltdown. (laughs) It's like for all the glamour and glitz of 
a famous, well-paid career, how come these people are like imploding, you know, imploding publicly, you know, complete meltdown, cave-in, you know? And it seems like disproportionate to like the joy that they bring their fans and also the joy that it is to create. You know, it's like to have this amazing opportunity to do what you love for a living. How does it just get away from you? You know, how does it how does it turn on you? It, it almost seems like their fame turns on them in a sense. You know what I mean? It's like a tragic irony. It's like what makes you breaks you, you know? So suffice to say, it's a tricky thing, celebrity, and it's a very interesting byproduct of success and it's a very interesting ingredient in the fabric of our society so let's get into some notable cases as of late hashtag free britney free britney spears free britney spears oops i'm Locked up again in an asylum, got lost in this game, oh baby, I'm not that innocent. I like Britney, come on. You know, uh, pop music, uh, it's fun, danceable music. You know, she's got a good voice, she can sing, she can dance, she gives joy to a lot of people. You know, Britney Spears. So here's a little bit about Britney right now. Um, um, she, she's having some... This is all gossip, too. Everything I'm going to say about celebrity today is gossip. I mean, facts are hard to come by in general. Just like the facts of, like, you know... We start talking about, like, you know... The economy. Um, gender differences. If there even is a gender difference, like things that you think are verifiable are even hard to come to in regards to facts. So speaking on celebrity is just pure conjecture, pure, pure gossip anyway. It's not like I'm sitting here interviewing her, right? <laughs> you know, but, um, you know, to get into it here, basically what's going on with Britney Spears at the moment is like she's been put under a conservatorship. And basically what a conservatorship is, is like, um, it's when like, you know, a guardian of sorts, in this case, I believe it's like her father, a guardian can be placed in control of your finances, your day-to-day actions, your welfare, basically. It could be a court-ordered conservatorship. Because it's, because if you recall, like in the late 2010s or in the late 2000s, that decade, Britney was having some problems, you know, shaving her head, you know. She got married to that K-Fed, Kevin Federline. She had two children. She was going off the rails and um, she had to be put under a conservatorship. Her father became like her guardian again, even though she was like an adult. She became like uh, all like I guess like he became in control of her finances, her daily activities. So there's this campaign right now. 
hashtag free Britney. Because like apparently she released, uh, she gave like a crumpled note to this photographer friend of hers saying like she was speaking in third person. It's like, Britney, Britney is scared and Britney is under the powers that be and Britney has no say in her life. And she's like speaking in third person, basically saying she's like held captive under this conservatorship of her father. Is this very cryptic note. It got everybody kind of worried about her, her multitudes of fans, you know. And, you know, it's just been kind of a ongoing public thing. Free Britney. And, you know, the thing about a conservatorship is like, uh, well, yeah, it seems strange that a 38-year-old woman, like that's how old Britney is, She's 38 years old. It's a little odd that, you know, her her father is still handling all her business. But this is a young lady who, you know, she came in the game as a youngin. She was just a little munchkin singing, dancing, you know, for the love of it. So she, she never really knew a time of personal sovereignty. She was always being kind of marketed. You know what I mean? And she had all those kind of, you can call them meltdowns, public meltdowns of sorts. And on one hand, it's like, okay, yeah, there's all this power being held over her. But on the other hand, it's like, well, look what happens to people when they run out of control. Like Elvis, Michael Jackson, Prince, like people can die of their harmful behavior if nobody's on their side you know so like that's the flip side of it she could harm herself who who really knows what's going on so here's a quick uh, little snippet of um britney britney jean spears is an american singer songwriter dancer and actress she's credited with influencing the rival revival of teen pop during the late 1990s and early 2000s, for which she's referred to as the Princess of Pop. Um, Billboard ranked her as the 8th biggest artist of the 2000s decade. One of the world's best-selling music artists, Spears is regarded as a pop icon and has sold 100 million records worldwide, including... Over 70 million records in the United States. In the United States, Spears is the fourth best-selling female public female album artist of the Nielsen SoundScan era, as well as the best-selling female album artist of the 2000s. In 2004, Spears launched a perfume brand with Elizabeth Arden Inc. Sales exceeded 1.5 billion U.S. as of 2012. Her perfume sold 1.5 billion U.S. as of 2012. Spears has topped the list of most searched celebrities seven times in 12 years, a record since the inception of the internet. You know, she is... She is a mega star. She's a mega celebrity. Um, she's a young woman, she's 38, so like, 
you know, she's got a long career ahead of her too. You know, couple hiccups, couple scrapes and scraws, a hit, you know, couple shaved heads, you know, but like, you know, she's an icon and she's a young woman going forward. There ain't no stop. There ain't no need for her to stop. She's like, you know, she could be singing into her whatever, you know. But, you know, it's a very tricky situation right now with this uh, hashtag free Britney. And, you know, we know some of her public meltdowns. I mentioned the hair shaving, the K-Fed, Kevin Federline situation, the public breakdowns and meltdowns and paparazzi problems and this conservatorship that she's under, a conservatorship, you know, Apparently, her father is like the guardian of everything he gives her. Like, he he allocates money to her. He, you know, everything she does, basically, she has to, like, report through her father as, like, her guardian. Allegedly, you know, you watch some of these. Um, you know, I got this information here that I just spoke on. I got it from Wikipedia. But I was also watching, like, Entertainment Tonight, E.T. Canada. On YouTube and you know when they talk about it they talk about it as like they interviewed her family they interviewed um, you know her brother her sister they talked to her family and they're very like mystical about it you know mysterious oh well Brittany we can't speak on this we can't speak on that da, 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 da. and a part of Brittany's cryptic notes I mentioned she was passing these cryptic notes to like her friends, this photographer friend of hers, she passed this cryptic note, you know, Brittany is a prisoner and Brittany is controlled by the puppets that be or the puppet masters that be. And then she also said, um, Brittany is, oh yeah, the, the conservatorship, the people running Brittany's life has, have made $3 million this year alone on Britney's from Britney's earnings so a part of this as well is that Britney allegedly is claiming that she's being taken advantage of like her father or her guardian her conservatorship her business partners like apparently it stretches deep like her business partners her business affiliates her manager all her surrounding business is a part of that conservatorship as well so it's basically like she is indebted to this machine that is like sucking her dry is another way of looking at it she's basically saying that she's under this conservatorship and they're taking advantage of her they're making money off of her and they're just basically ruling her life and you know it's easy to look at it like, wow, case of another meltdown, broken down celebrity. Wow, she went crazy. Wow, you know, she's speaking in third person. She's writing these cryptic notes. But when you think about it, $1.5 billion in perfume sales, pop icon, residency in Las Vegas, doing these million-dollar productions, you know, making all these um, trending lists. You know, like most searched person on the internet, you know, I, I'm not really going to go into her financial details, but like, obviously, there's money 
in Britney Spears. So is it that far-fetched to think that, hey, this is a golden goose? This is a cash cow, a golden goose. Lock her down, you know. Let's get what we can, you know. Make hay while the make hay while the sun shines. And there, is it that far fetched? We're living in a world right now where we're questioning our reality at every term, at every turn, and term. If you want to get political about it, you know we're we're questioning our reality at every term and turn. You know what I mean? And. Is she really being held captive and treated like a golden goose? You know, is her family, is her business associates just basically leeching off of her because she is bank? Britney Spears. You know? So hashtag free Britney. If you're, if you're up on that and you want more information, you can look into that. Um, I wish her all the best. You know, uh, like I said, you know, sometimes, uh, like, I think pop music is fun, danceable music that makes people feel good. And if the fans love you, then, you know, you're doing something important. So, you know, you know, that's, that's what's going on there. You know, never a dull moment in the world of celebrity, Janny Depp. Pirate Jack Sparrow. Captain Jack Sparrow. Captain Jack Off Sparrow. Um, I love my Johnny, you know? I love me my Johnny. I've been gushing over him for years now. What's eating Gilbert Grape? Um, Blow. You know, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Edward Scissorhands. Ed Wood. Um, Donnie Brasco from Hell. Uh, you know... The Pirates movie. Now, you know, I saw the first Pirates of the Caribbean. The opening scene when, like, he's in jail and he's all, like, hung over or drunk or whatever. And he escapes and there's that big escape scene. It's really well shot and beautiful. But then, like, after, like, you know, 20 minutes into this movie, I was like, hey, wait a minute. Pirates of the Caribbean? Would it kill them to, have like, put one black guy in the movie? You know? There might have been one, and if he was, he was probably in a fucking pirate jail. He probably had a pegged leg, too, you know? Toby style. And it's like, you know, Kunta Kente style with the pegged leg. Like, what the fuck? Like, would it have killed him? So, you know, I was a little offended. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's not op- it's not often I get the opportunity to be offended. So when I do, I got to milk it, right? I'm like, oh, great, an opportunity to be offended. So I was like, mm, I wasn't so hot on the Pirates movies. Even though they are great. And, um, you know, Keith Richards, doesn't he show up in there at some point? They find him drunk on an island or something, strumming a ukulele. So, like, it's a good franchise. And I'll probably go back to it at some point, but... Bottom line, I love my Johnny. That's my Johnny. That's my Johnny Depp. Well, he's in some, you know, hot water, so to speak. So, uh, Johnny. Ah, poor Johnny. So, we all know this. Johnny's having some 
legal troubles. But first, a little in-depth dip into the world of Johnny Depp. This is from wikipedia.com. Wikipedia.org. Make sure to donate. (laughs) Yeah, right. Wikipedia.org. John Christopher Depp II is an American actor, producer, and musician. He has been nominated for 10 Golden Globe Awards, winning one for Best Actor for his performance of the title role in Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. See? That's how good he is. He's winning Golden Globes in movies I never even fucking heard of. No, I heard of that one, but like, I gotta see that one. That's a, It's a musical, right? Uh, Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet the Demon Barber of Fleet Street, and has been nominated for three Academy Awards for Best Actor, among other accolades, you know? Um, Black Mask, or Black, is that, is that it? Black Mask? That's the one recently that he did when he plays that Irish mobster, Whitey Bulger, I think. You know, it's like the guy just keeps banging with the hits. Um, Depp made his film debut in the 1984 film A Nightmare on Elm Street, before rising to prominence as a teen idol on the television series 21 Jump Street, 1997-1990. He had a supporting role in in Oliver Stone's 1986 war film, Platoon, and played the title character in the 1990 romantic fantasy, Edward Scissorhands. (laughs) That movie was awesome. Tim Burton. All right. That's my Johnny. Depp has gained critical praise for his portrayals of inept screenwriter director Ed Wood in the film of the same name, undercover FBI agent Joseph D. Piston in Donnie Brasco, author J.M. Barry in Finding Neverland, and Boston gangster Whitey Bulger in Black Mass 2015. That was dope. He has starred in a number in a number of successful films. I forgot about this one. This, this is a good one. He has starred in a number of successful films, including Cry Baby. <laughs> it's like this like 1950s bebop do like kind of do the twist, do the twist. It's like this like old timey kind of music driven film, kind of like American Graffiti or something. I don't know really, but like he plays like this. I guess like a Fonzie type character with the fucking Elvis do. And they call him Crybaby because like, you know, he'll shoot you a glance and then like a teardrop will come down, come down his beautiful face, down his beautiful cheeks. <clears throat> all right. Crybaby, 1990, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm not going to, I went through all these movies, you know, just dope, 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 dope. You know, banger, banger, banger. Movie, 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 budget, 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 you know, bank, 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 you know, box office sensation. Johnny Depp, what have you been living under a rock? I gotta read you this man's resume. He's been killing it for 30 years. Depp is the 10th highest growing actor worldwide. Holy fuck. As films featuring Depp have grossed over US 3.7 billion at the United States box office and over 10 billion worldwide. Wow. He has been listed in 2012 Guinness World Records as the world's highest paid actor. Damn. With earnings of 75 million. Depp has collaborated on on eight films with director, producer, and friend Tim Burton. He has inducted he was inducted as a Disney legend in 2015. In addition to acting, Depp has also worked as a musician. He had performed in numerous musical groups, including and forming the supergroup, rock supergroup, Hollywood Vampires, along with Alice Cooper 
and Joe Perry. Yeah, Alice Cooper, Joe Perry of Aerosmith, Hollywood vampires. So yeah, that's Janny Depp for you. But he's in some hot water at the moment, man. You know, and you know, if you know anything about me, I love my Johnny. That's my Johnny. And you know, Johnny's been... Now, Amber Heard, his ex-wife. Uh, well, let me get into it right here. I'll just read it off Wikipedia. Why should I make up the facts? Let me give it to you raw. Relationship with Amber Heard. Depp subsequently began dating actress and model Amber Heard, whom he had met on the set of The Rum Diary, 2009. They were married in a private civil ceremony at their home in Los Angeles in 2015. Heard filed for divorce from Depp on May 23, 2016, and obtained a temporary restraining order against him stating in her court declaration that she had been verbally and physically that he had been verbally and physically abusive throughout the relationship in response to Depp's lawyers alleged in response Depp's lawyers alleged that she was attempting to secure premature financial resolution by alleging abuse heard testified about the abuse under oath at a divorce at a divorce court deposition evidence of the alleged abuse from her court filings was also published in the media. A settlement was reached on August 16, 2016, and the divorce was finalized in January 2017. Her dismissed and restraining order, and a former couple issued a joint statement saying that their relationship was intensely passionate, uh, intensely passionate at the time, and volatile, but always bound by love. Neither party has made false accusations accusations for financial gain there's something about gossip that just is so dirty in the mouth isn't it it's like my brain's checking out from this shit because it's just pure gossip and stupidity and ugliness like what the fuck am i even reading here you know what i mean that's another thing about celebrity it's like just the gossip machine of it it's just like fuck am i even reading blah 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 johnny depp had some marital problems craziness and it's sensational because people are sycophants. They're so worried and interested to like down to what fucking underwear a man wears. You know, they're just up in his life. And, um, you know, it's, ugh, it's kind of like a deep dive into like just insanity. <laughs> Sycophant. But um, suffice to say, he's having some marital problems. In early 2019, Depp sued Heard for $50 million U.S. for defamation over an open edition op-ed. I don't know what that means. Op-ed she wrote for the Washington Post in December 2018, which depended on central premises that Miss Heard was a domestic abuse victim and that Mr. Depp perpetrated domestic violence against her, despite it not mentioning Depp or any of the alleged incidences. Uh, well, basically now, um, Depp Johnny Depp's like suing a a news agency, a news group. And what is the name of the group? You know, you think they would have the important stuff. 
You think they would have like the actual stuff, but it's just like all this gossip on like what he did or didn't do, blah, blah, blah. Da, da, dumb, dearly, dumb. Where are the facts up in this thing? I don't want to just read this fucking high school gossip bullshit. Um, ba bum bum. Um, oh, yeah, well, here it is, I guess. Depp suit. Uh, uh, I don't know. You think they would have updated this? But he's in court right now is the point, right? Johnny Depp, he's in these legal proceedings right now with like a, a, a newspaper in the UK. A, a London a London-based newspaper. Some European newspaper. He's in fucking cahoots or he's in court with them over some defamation that he's a, an alleged wife beater. And, you know, it's in the news. <laughs> His ex-wife, some of the dirty details, dirty details, his ex-wife apparently shat in the bed. You know, a big coil of dog shit in the bed. Her shit, rather. Um, and, you know, that's pretty disgusting. Uh, you know, yeah, like, I lost my train of thought there because it's just like I was debating even speaking on this, you know, because, you know, as a performer myself, I don't like all this shit. I mean, for example, Johnny Depp's got all this like support right now. Um, I don't know, all this dirty laundry shit getting aired. Um, He's got tapes. I've listened to some of them where it's like, you know, he's talking with his ex there, Amber Heard. She sounds out of her mind, you know, and, you know, what, I don't know, it's just dark. And I guess the funniest thing is, like, some of the things he's brought up about her is, like, one morning, you know, between the morning hours of 2.30 and 4 o'clock in the morning on December 15th, 2016, Johnny Depp was in his fucking palatial sized bed when um he unfurled the fucking blanket to find a coiled strain of human fecal matter <gasps> apparently um his rum diary bride amber heard apparently she fucking shit in his bed <laughs> i mean that's the level of degradation that they're talking about that's how ugly they're this fight has become and uh you know <laughs> shitting in the, each other's bed he alleges she did it his housekeeper backs up the claim she cleans up after the dogs she cleans his home she's been his maid for like 30 years something significant like that she testified in this court trial that um you know johnny uh has always been respectful and this was just obviously a a disrespectful gesture by somebody's part and um you know i just i just find it very very strange 
Because it's like Johnny Depp. Yo, Johnny Depp's like America's darling. Like he's an institution. He's a sweetheart. You know what I mean? People love him. I mean, like I, as I mentioned, like sometimes what's really where you where I really see the value in a megastar. I mean, obviously they're bank, they're professional, they make great work. But it's like when you look at, you know, the coverage, the news coverage. When you when you look at them in the public eye and you see the pictures. All you see is happy people, streams of happy people. Oh my God, Jack Sparrow. Oh my God, Edward Scissorhands. Oh my God, 21 Jump Street. You know, my heart has just jumped a beat. Oh my God, Johnny. You know, that's my Johnny. And they're just fucking like smiling and happy and getting signatures. It's really kind of like heartbreaking in a sense where it's just like, yeah, he just makes joy. He just makes joy. That's what he makes. Joy. And whatever happened between him and his ex-wife, I have no fucking idea. Nobody knows, really. It's down to the courts. It's down to them to make a decision. You know, you can rest assured, Oh, I mean, if we believe in anything about law and our court systems, and even though this is like in the UK, I think, this trial's going on. <laughs> but anyways, if we believe in law and order in general, they'll come to a resolution it seems pretty obvious now that as tumultuous as the relationship relationship was, seems like Johnny was really having the lion's share of abuse for the most part. That's what it seems like, you know what I mean? Um, but uh, he was getting it, you know? He was, I don't know, she sounds crazy. But uh, talking on people is just such a strange thing you know it's one thing to make a joke and then move past i mean but just just like like i used to watch those shows like entertainment tonight and like et canada and access hollywood i used to watch them to like i don't know try to learn something about the business you know i am an actor after all at least i claim to be and i'd watch these shows like maybe i'll learn something and i guess you do you learn like there is a business, there is an aesthetic to being a performer. Celebrity is a real is a real thing in the industry, you know, like just being able to be the face of a company, you know, like the face of your product. Like Jonathan Ramtram the podcast, I am the face of my product. You know, so if I go out in public and on the very slim next to none off chance that someone would be like, "Oh my god, Aren't you Jonathan Ramtram of Jonathan Ramtram the podcast? Like, you have to be able to address the public somehow, right? You can't. Well, actually, I don't even know if that's true. You know, a lot of celebrities just like smash fucking paparazzi cameras and yell at people. Maybe you could just be an arrogant prick, but um, there is value to you know celebrity coverage, celebrity journalism, I guess, like these shows, but. It's such a strange thing. You know what I mean? And, you know, I'm just going with my gut. I just felt disheartened. You know what I mean? I just felt disheartened. I'm reading all this shit about Johnny Depp's relationship. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? What business of it is mine? You know? Then you see some of this crazy shit. Like, um, like for example, like um, my man Will Smith. That guy can't do any wrong to me. 
you know, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Jada Pickett-Smith, you know, um, Set It Off, um, you know, wife of uh, Will Smith, you know, children, family, successful black family, like Jada Smith, Jada Pinkett-Smith, Will Smith, love them. They're going through some hot water with like this whole Agnes Elisina thing. Ah, it just seems so petty. I don't even want to talk about it. They're having marital problems of sorts. And it's in a public setting. And they talk about it on camera on their show, the Red Table Talk. This was a really bad idea. <laughs> celebrity. Talking about celebrity. I mean, it's not that it's a bad idea. It's not that I worry about anything other than just, I don't, ugh. Don't I just leave a bad taste in your mouth when you gossip? Like, it's just plain gossip. We don't know any of this to be true or not. We don't know what's going on with any of these people. You know what I mean? But then some things are just obvious. You know what I mean? Like fucking Kanye. Kanye. I was a fan. I am a fan, but he's officially annoyed me. Like he's having problems. That's a fucking meltdown. That little fucking hissy fit. And it wasn't a hissy fit, but like when he was blubbering and kibitzing and belly aching. I almost killed my daughter. Ah, but you didn't. One of the fucking fans of his. One of his sycophant fucking followers. But you didn't, Kanye. You didn't. I almost killed my daughter. I remember back in like 2005, 2006, I bought like a GQ magazine. Kanye West was on the cover and they did like a feature on him. And I think he was like 29 years old at the time. You know, Kanye West, up and coming hip hop producer, rapper, mogul. Fashion designer, you know, sky's the limit, 29 years old. I remember looking at that article, wow, cover of GQ, wow, wouldn't I want to be that? Flash forward to 2020, he's in the middle of a pandemic, coronavirus, unprecedented time in our history. He's doing this, I don't know what it is, is it an attention grab? You know, because the last time his album dropped, he did something similar. You know, he's on TMZ making all these comments, you know, 400 years of slavery sounds like a choice that upset a lot of people in the black community. But hey, I understood. I understood that, yo, Kanye's free thinking. And that actually makes a lot of sense. If you can, if you can, if you can just take the emotion away from it, like think of what he's saying. He goes, 400 years of slavery sounds like a choice. He said it offhand, off-cuff remark, if you watch the video. It's not like he was, like, adamant about it. He was just like, I don't know, 400 years of slavery? Sounds like a choice. What is it? What's going on? Come on. Like, as a black man, I've often wondered that. Yo, like, how did slavery actually happen? How did it all really happen? We say it existed, we say it happened, but How? And what was the pushback? What was the blowback? Right? Like, 
makes you think. But he did it in a way in which to like sell his latest album. Coincidentally, he's on TV making all these crazy sayings when his album's coming out. Well, here we go, 2020, same situation. He's on, he's running for president, crying on national news. I almost killed my daughter. Fucking baby. I was like looking at this. I'm like, oh my God, this is a complete meltdown. It's a meltdown because, you know, they say no press is, they say all press is good press. That's not true. Because once you become a, a brand, once you become established, you want nothing but good press. Kanye West doesn't have to do... Like, that's how his wife got famous, right? The sex tape. Some people think it was a plant. Some people think it was a ploy to gain attention. A leaked sex tape. You know, sex sells. It's buzzworthy. It's celebrity-worthy. It's newsworthy. Sex sells. So then, you know, Kanye, Kanye's wife, she drops, Kim Kardashian, drops the sex tape. All of a sudden, her career bloom, blooms. Right? Well, that's a case of um, all press is good press. No press is bad press. That's a case of that because she was nothing to begin with. She was like, she was an unheard of to begin with. It, it was like a sensational story. It gave her celebrity cachet. It gave her that 15 minutes of fame, which parlayed her into, you know, the celebrity she is today. The business person she is today. Kim Kardashian. That was like her stepping stone. But once you already become an icon, you don't want bad press. Why would you want press once you've become established? Kanye West is an established artist. He's an important artist. He's comparable to like, I compare him to almost like a James Brown. In fact, of like, the revolutionary quality of his work in terms of music, the impact, the reach of it. And also, his career seems to be following sort of a James Brown model. James Brown was very popular in the black community, cross-racially, um, very popular, kind of a spearhead in the music industry, influenced a lot of people, a lot of musical styles. Then he gets in bed with Tricky Dicky, you know? He like endorses fucking Richard Nixon in the height of Vietnam, <laughs> you know? And it's like, what in the blood clot, right? And, you know, kind of, uh, you know, it's like, what the fuck are you? But at the heart of it all, it's preaching on self-reliance, which is like, yo, major. It's common sense. Duh. You know? So it's kind of like Kanye well, you know, with the whole Trump thing, you know, height of his fame, height of his times, you know, getting in bed with Trump, you know, and it's like it mirrors their careers mirror in a lot of ways. And the Kanye James Brown connection. But this whole thing he's doing right now and he's like running for president, bad mouthing his wife on Twitter calling about divorce, calling about how he's like in that movie Get Out where like that guy's like held captive and it's all this like like conspiracy robot like it's real dark shit, right? Conspiracy kind of shit. And then 
you know, this meltdown crying about his dead daughter, like how he almost killed his daughter. It's like, yo, man, that's a meltdown. And to go back to what I was saying about like how I read that article about him in GQ magazine. I remember like 2016, like it was yesterday or 2006. I remember being like, oh, wow, Kanye, what a career. Wouldn't I want that? Here we are, 2020. I'm looking at Kanye like, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm way better off being me. Well, you don't have to take it there, like who should be who or whatever. Everybody's got to be themselves. But it's like, I'm looking at, I'm like, I'm not envious of that at all. Like, he's literally on stage talking to the world like a complete idiot. I love his music. I love his music. I got a lot of hope for him in terms of that and health and happiness moving forward. But in that moment... That's the dumbest thing I ever seen. Like, I, I cut him so much slack. I didn't even get mad over the whole fucking 400 years of slavery thing. I'm like, okay, he's free thinking, he's thinking, and that's a, that's a logical thought. Like, how did slavery even happen? Sounds like a choice. Like, how did it make sense, in a sense, you know? It's just a little offhand remark, and it makes you think, you know? I don't agree with it 100%, but it's like, okay, it makes sense. It makes you think. That meltdown, oh, I almost killed my daughter. I almost killed my daughter. But you didn't, Kanye. You didn't. These little sycophant fans, right? It's just like, right? I do not envy that. I was like, what is going on with this guy? Get a grip. And it's just like, Celebrity. Celebrity. A victim of your own narcissism. Who do you trust? Who do you trust? A guy like Kanye West, you know, it's easy for us to sit here and criticize da 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 Who can he really trust? When you become an icon like Kanye West has become, when you become an icon like Britney Spears has become, when you become an icon, like Johnny Depp has become, when you become an icon, like Will Smith and Jada Pickett Smith have become, when you become iconic, people are out to get you. People are out to rob you. People are out to smudge your name. People are envious and jealous of your station. That's what happens when you become an icon. And there's a lot of public pressure you know, we become judgmental and dismissive of humanity. You know, I can make mistakes as an everyday person, but you know, my favorite pop star, don't you dare pass wind on record or I'm going to hold you accountable to the end of time. You know, it's like people are trying to rob and steal from them blind. People are trying to smudge their name out of jealousy and envy. People are trying to get one up over them. People sabotage, play head games. People get in business with them in order to really uh, backstab them. They come with a handshake, yet they stab them in the back. First chance they get, you know, some fucked up deal, some fucked up um, extortion situation. That's like the price and pain and pleasure of celebrity. Very interesting.
So again, um, I kind of felt in me where it's like, you know, while it's good to comment and have opinion, I also have a lot of empathy and respect for, um, you know, these celebrities, these iconic people, the Johnny Depp's, the uh, Britney Spears, the Kanye West's, you know, Will and Jada Smith, you know, they're icons and um, they give a lot of joy to people and it's a very strange thing of celebrity because you watch some of their movement and it seems absolutely crazy, but then you wonder, well, what's it all about? What's really going on? You know, and that's the pain, the pleasure, and the price of celebrity. And, you know, they're going to make it. They're strong people. You know, they've come as far as they've come. And, you know, but, you know, celebrity. It's your old chuckle buddy. Guess who? Jonathan James Ramcharan. Reporting live for duty on this magnificent July 29th in the year of our Lord. 2020 celebrity it's a doozy hit me up jr.thepodcast at gmail.com i fuddled that it's actually july 30th 2020 again jr.thepodcast at gmail.com hit me up itunes spotify youtube share my black ass with a friend for god's sakes help me become a celebrity you know then you can see me melt down and you know talk about it in the comments all right Till next time, folks. You live it, you love it, you realize it. I-I-T. Peace.